This is the Wealth Ability for CPAs show. Better clients, better practice, better life. Here's Tom Wheelwright. Welcome to the Wealth Ability show for CPAs, where we're always learning how to build a better client, better practice, and a better life. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder and CEO of Wealth Ability. You know, if you can't explain why you're different, you're really not different. And if you aren't different, why would anyone hire you? Today, we're going to learn from an expert who <laughs> she and, uh, has years and years of experience in this, and her father goes even back before that. So really, some of the, the pioneers in this industry of distinguishing yourself, which I think is one of the biggest issues that we have as CPAs. How do we not just be another tax preparer? How do we just not be another financial statement provider? How do we do something that is really unique to the marketplace? You know, we don't need all the clients. We just need those clients who are suitable for us. And how do we do that? So with that, I want to welcome Laura Reese. Uh, Laura, welcome to the WealthAbility Show for CPAs. Thank you so much. And I'll give you the quick answer. You, You build a brand. Well, there you go. So, so you know, you're, you're so here's, I, I, was, I was talking to somebody earlier today and I said, you know, um, lawyers are really good with language. Uh, they just can't do math, right? And, and yeah. accountants are really good with numbers. They just can't speak English. So one of the challenges we have in our profession is even the idea of what's a brand. So um, if you would just give us a little bit of your background, just 30 seconds of your background, and then if you would just really explain in uh, plain English, what do you even mean by a brand? Yeah, sure. Well, my name is Laura Reese for 25 years. I've been the partner um, with, of a firm called Reese & Reese with my father, who is Al Reese. He is the positioning pioneer. So he pioneered this idea of positioning uh, back with a series of articles in Ad Age in 1972, talking about a different way of communication uh, for, for businesses and companies for their brand. And so advertising at the time was based on creativity, how to stand out was to be you know interesting and different and entertain people. Uh, and he said, no, uh, to build a brand, it wasn't, it was needed a new type of communication, and that's what positioning is. So positioning is related, and I'll explain what a brand is. So it is, a brand is owning something in the mind. Uh, people think about, you know, is, it is, is it the product or service or itself? No, the true brand is not that itself. It is what establishing and owning real estate in the mind. If you are selling you know, pencils, but nobody's heard of that. It's not a brand. It's only if that is recognizable by people in that in the mind that it becomes a brand. So positioning is is a way to handle that, and it's a way to understand that it's positioning is how to own an idea in the mind, and it, it is relates to uh, and takes into account both your strengths and your weaknesses, and not just of you yourself, but also of your competition. So if your competition already owns a position of, um, you know, the first coffee house. You can't go in the leading coffee house. You can't own that position. It's already taken. And that's a really important part of it. Everyone thinks, well, you know, if I could just communicate who I am, if I could just tell my potential client how terrific I am, I'll get the business. No. They ha- you have to own something in the mind. You have to stand out from your competition uh, so that you can be new and different and people will perceive you as better for whatever reason. So, so you said something um, that, that really stuck out to me just now, which is, 
who you are. And one of the challenges I think the CPAs have is they don't know who they are. So when you're working with a client um, and you're establishing the brand, the first thing I presume you have to do is establish who are they really and what is it that they want to be known for. Does that, that, make, does that make sense? That's right, because it, it, you, you, you said it perfectly. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to positioning, that, that first step is you do have to narrow the focus. You have to sharpen who you are, not because that makes you a better CPA. Maybe you're good at everything. You know, maybe you're one of those rare people. But that, you can't get into the mind with being great at everything. You sharpen your message. So, like we say, it's like a sharp knife gets into the mind much easier than a dull knife. It's sharpening of the message that people perceive a specialist to be better. Um, you know, if you want brain surgery, you want someone who specializes in brain surgery. They're, they're perceived to be better, and, and they probably are because they do that all the time, um, you know, than a general practitioner in, in, in medicine. And so the same, true, same is true in a lot of professional fields. CPA is, is a great one. If you do just taxes for bakeries, you're going to become really good at that and maybe have insights that can help, you know, other clients as opposed to having a wide range of clients. Or you might, you know, have, you know, particular, you know, you work with very small business, very small, small companies, large companies, uh, something that you can, you know, claim yourself to be a specialist in. And the easiest way to do that is to narrow your focus to one certain area of your, of your business. You know, that, that, that's a really good point because what accountants, a lot of times accountants are afraid, well, you know, if I, if I specialize, then what about all those other people that aren't going to come to me? And, you know, <laughs> you don't want to be pigeonholed. Well, exactly. I business exactly. If I exactly. But, but see, my, my thing is now I'm closer in age to your dad and I've been doing this for 40 years. And so I look at him going, you know, I don't really want to hang out with everybody. I don't, I don't really want to be, I, I don't want every client. I really don't. No. And, and what I found is as we've gotten narrow and narrow in our focus, so I have a CPA firm and I, we also have a, a network of CPAs and we've been very, like you say, we've been very narrowed on focus. I, I like the old saying, a niche will make you rich, mm-hmm. right? And, it, you know, if you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. So, right. you know, and, and the challenge is, is that we really... I like what you said. It it doesn't have to be that you don't do other things. It's that who do you want to attract into your business? You know, I look at it as who do you want to hang out with for clients? What what kind of clients do you really want? And Absolutely. that's where you ought to be going. That, that, you make an excellent point because it's not that you won't take on other clients necessarily. People think that, you know, if you, you have a, you know, position or your, your narrow focus is, you know, we focus only on being the CPA for dentists. Now, okay, but you might take on other clients, but you don't communicate that. That is not your position that you're going out and communicating. You're communicating that you're a specialist in dentist, but hey, if, you know, a podiatrist comes in, maybe you'll take them on too, but you don't want to be talking about that and have that on your homepage. One really interesting thing, and because, um, you know, the, the how narrow you have to be to be successful is just the most common question we get and we hear. Um, and it goes back to Adam Smith and it, the theory of, you know, specialization is important and it revolutionized the world and, and manufacturing and, and, and now it, it, it goes to the idea of branding. And but, but specialization when it comes to Adam Smith, I mean, was always determined by the size of the market. Um, so if you had, you know, a very, if you're in a rural town, you know, you can't have, um, you know, an athletic shoes for children's store. 
right? Uh, it's just too small a market. So the specialization is limited by the size of the market. In a small town, you usually see general stores. And then in a, a city like, you know, Manhattan, uh, you see very, very narrowly focused stores. So, you, you know, you have, you know, st- stores for left-footed, or, you know, left-footed people, if there was such a thing. Um, <laughs> or, you know, left-handed golf clubs is always uh, the, the joke, that you could be so narrowly focused in an incredibly large market that you could have something that was incredibly specialized. Now, what's really interesting, and, 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 and I think very um, applicable to the world of CPAs, is that the Internet has really changed all of that. Because it used to be, um, you know, many times you want to have a face-to-face presence with, um, you know, your clients and such, so you were kind of limited by your market of people that you could visit on a regular basis and do business with, and it wasn't long-distance phone calls that were very expensive and other things. But, you know, today um, you can have an Internet business that does, you know, work with companies around the country. <laughs> um, you know, you're limited by language, um, although the you know, language of numbers but um, is universal. But, you know, there are um, significant differences that allow people to be way more narrowly focused today than they ever were because of the changes that the Internet has brought. It sounds to me actually knowing what your market is is really first critical piece because if you look at your market as your hometown, it may be. I mean, I I know there are some small towns that their market is that small town. And so the specialty is I'm an accountant. That is the specialty. Um, You know, it's not I'm a yeah, I, and our, or I'm a tax accountant, which is especially from I do financial statements. On the other hand, if you're like like our members, um, we do everything phone, fax, and email. We don't do you know we don't do anything that we actually <laughs> most of my clients I've never met. Yeah, and so we're looking at a much much broader market. But I think that that's an important part is look at okay, who do you want your market to be now? I personally think that the bigger the market, the better, um, because then I can get narrow and I can get really, really good at something, but it's just available to a lot more people. Yeah, it, 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 well, it's all about making choices. And then more importantly, a, a very good brand is one that, that makes sacrifices. Um, you know, being all things to everybody, um, you know, makes a very big market out there to go out and sell to, but, you know, you're not going to stand out, you're not going to build a brand, and people aren't likely to choose you. Um, So it's sacrificing something that, you know, you want to narrow a focus, like you said, on a narrow niche, or, and it could be a geographical one. You could say that I want to be, you know, the very best um, accountant in my, I live in Roswell, in Roswell, Georgia, that meets face-to-face with our, you know, clients. We're not one of those firms that is only going to, you know, email you or the face-to-face people. There's always a position to be the opposite of the competition, but that's not what most companies do. Uh, most companies look for someone successful, and they say, I'm just going to copy what they're doing, <laughs> but that's not the way to build a brand. Uh, if they've established themselves, you're, you're going to be butting your head against the wall trying to prove that you're better than them. Uh, and being better is in, in, is in a solid position. Being different is how you build a brand. How do you communicate that? I mean, you know, it's one thing, okay, so you identify, you know, I want to go after, you know, the dentists that also do orthodontia, okay? Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm going to be really narrow here. So I know who I want to, uh, I know who, my target market. I know who I really, what I want to specialize in, what I want to be doing. Doing that, I mean, especially for accountants, <laughs> we're not known for our stellar personalities and, and we're not known for understanding the communication business. So um, this is like way out there for us. How do you actually communicate that? And, and what are you trying to communicate 
too. You know, we're very left-brained. So are yep. you communicating to the left brain, right brain? Do you have to do both? Well, where do you go there? Yeah, that's, well, that's a great point. So we talk about um, positioning being owning an idea in the mind. But while we have one mind, we have two brains, actually, if you know anything about science. There's a left brain and a right brain, and they're connected by the corpus callosum right in there in the middle. And they have very separate functions, it turns out. So the left brain, as you said, is the, the very analytical side. CPAs tend to, to be um, oriented to the, the left brain thinking and, and linear um, but there's also the right brain, and everyone uses that as well. And, and people who are right brain, um, you know, dominant are those who are, are more creative, and they think visually, they see the big picture, they often miss the details. <laughs> um, and a really good brand, a really good brand, um, takes both into account. Um, you need a strong verbal position, a specific position, like you said, you know, the CPA for orthodontist, orthodontist. Um, but that's kind of boring, right? <laughs> like you said, right. how do you communicate? That's the position you want to own. That's the idea you want to drive in the mind. And what we found is that the emotional side of branding is really important, but it's not just having a, you know, an attractive logo or anything like that. It's about having a visual that communicates something and is able to drive that idea in the mind. And that's what, you know, in our, in our work we call a visual hammer. So you have Coca-Cola, um, the, the easiest way into the mind to, to establish a position is being first in a new category. Um, and so, you know, if you're the first CPA that's focused on orthodontist, uh, orthodontist um, you know, that, that makes you, you know, a clear pioneer in this. But, you know, for Coca-Cola, they were the first Coca-Cola drink, uh, you know, a, a category that it exploded. And there were hundreds of competitors, as a matter of fact, after, um, you know, Coca-Cola was established. And so the position for for Coca-Cola is they're the leader, they're the first, they're the pioneer, they're the real thing. I mean, that's the verbal communication of, of Coca-Cola's leadership, the real thing. But they also have a powerful visual that drives that idea in the mind, and that's the contour, classic contour bottle. And they use that unique um, visual symbol that reinforces the leadership. You know, it's seen as old. That was, you know, after the fountain era, they, they went to the bottles. Um, and people that connects to them with the authenticity of the Coca-Cola brand in the mind. And they use that um, repetitively. They use that. Most people don't drink out of bottles anymore. They drink out of, you know, cans and cups. Um, but that, that visual communicates something. So you can't think of it necessarily as a literal idea, um, but you think of a visual that can drive in the, the, the idea into the mind. Um, and that's where, um, you know, the, the marketing looks at both sides of things, and you need both sides of things. You need that, you know, emotional visual um, that is easy to remember. You can put it on everything. It stands out. But it has to drive in a specific idea in the mind. You also have an example of, you know, Corona puts the lime in the top of the beer. Um, that, what does that do? It communicates the, the Mexican authenticity of that brand and establishes it as something totally different from the American brews. Okay. That's great with physical products, right? Yeah. Corona, Coca-Cola, et cetera. Now you're talking about a service. You are. Well, I got, a, I got plenty of examples of that. How too. do you do that? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes, um, you know, because so few um, competitors use visuals at all, sometimes using something silly that doesn't even you know, necessarily relate to your business can work wonders. I mean, look at a company, maybe you've heard of it, Red Hat. <laughs> 
so a pioneer, right, in, in open source and Linux. Um, but so they picked a, an unusual name that lent itself to a visual, a red mm-hmm. hat. And, you know, IBM just paid, you know, a gazillion dollars for the thing. Um, but, you know, name software companies, not, not many come to mind, but those with powerful, easy-to-remember names, um, specifically that can lend themselves to visuals, you know, Sun Microsystems, right, um, is, a, is a good way of establishing a brand. So take a, take a boutique CPA firm, okay? Uh-huh. So most of our listeners, 80% of CPAs are in firms of less than 10 people, okay? So you're really a boutique firm, and you're trying to communicate something with emotion, and accounting is really hard to come to emotion with accounting, and you want to communicate something that is clear, it's a position, and you want to communicate... Um, with a visual. So how would you, I mean, just kind of walk us through, if you were to take a boutique accounting firm, what would you do with them? Well, I mean, first of all, you'd want to, um, you know, understand the marketplace or who their competition is, understand what their strengths and weaknesses are, um, you know, to see where they have advantages and disadvantages. And, and, you know, actually having, there's nothing wrong with weaknesses. Many people (laughs) don't want to, you know, don't want to admit any weaknesses, but, you know, there's, there's, there's never anything wrong with that. Um, you know, with, with one of the most famous lines was, um, you know, with a name like Smuckers, it's got to taste good. <laughs> turning, turning a negative into a positive, right? Not a very, very good name, so it must taste good. Um, so, you know, looking at that is, is the first step and analyzing, again, where the open holes are in the market. Um, so, you know, yeah, you have to take in your strengths and weaknesses, but if what you're interested in is flooded with competitors, that's probably not the best place to go. Where is there an open hole that you can be, um, you know, new and different and stand out? And then when it comes to that, um, one other important thing is, you know, we say, you know, we're talking about brands and and marketing and such, but um, consumers and potential clients, they don't really care about brands, right? They care about categories. Um, and it is really categories that motivates people. What your uh, goal is, is to be the number one brand in that category. Um, you know, so it's Red Bull, for example, is a energy drink. It, is it Red Bull that people get excited about? No, they get excited about the category energy drink, and Red Bull, is being the leader in that category, has the dominant position. So what what are the categories um, or that either people think about when they think about a CPA, whether they're tax only or they're industry specific or they're location specific or they're big companies, small companies? Um, you know, what is it? Um, you know, what category? Um, as a matter of fact, can we? You know, should we go after? And then, what position in that category can we own? Can are we going to be a pioneer in this category? That's no one's focused on. You know, CPAs just for orthodontists before. Uh, and what is the advantage of that? I mean, they have a business where you know you don't keep for a dentist. You know, you might keep a client forever. For an orthodontist, you just have them for two years and they're gone. So it's a different type of business. Maybe that affects the accounting. I don't know, but you know. Being a specialist in that, then you can, you know, go to the points that is going to make you a superior choice um, for the client. But, um, you know, looking at the positions, looking at the categories, and then, you know, if we can think about what what the position is, um, you know, for for Red Bull, for example, you know, 
and it, it's an energy drink. You know, the advantage is it gives you energy. So they, they picked a name that kind of locked in what, what creates more energy than putting red in front of a bull. <laughs> so, you know, again, thinking about what is, the, what is the focus, what is the position, or what is the category we want to pioneer, and then is there something that we can connect it? Um, is there a word or a color or a name, or, you know, do we focus on the founder? Uh, you know, many companies um, historically, you know, Disney and Ford and Edelman and, and many companies have have used founders' names um, as the company, um, and then you know added an image or use singular color as a matter of fact um, can be uh, you know a powerful way to visually stand out. Most people use uh, multiple colors. Um, the original Apple logo was a rainbow of colors. Um, the uh, logo today is a single white color, which you know stands out and is much more memorable. Uh, maybe not as attractive, you might say, but it's much more memorable using those. So there's different you know techniques when you can come down to thinking about what, what understanding the position, understanding the category, um, understanding how we can you know, position ourselves as being first in something, being the opposite of the leader. Um, you know, there's always an opportunity to be opposite of a strong leader. I mean, that's, that's the, the great thing about, about marketing uh, and capitalism, right? So you know, Listerine, for example, pioneered mouthwash. Uh, and, you know, oral antiseptic, right? And, and part of their um, position was this stuff tastes terrible. I mean, they went out of their way to, to make fun of how, you know, the taste you hate twice a day. Um, and, and the connection was if it tastes bad, it's going to work good. And so everyone thought, well, it's got to taste bad or no one's going to believe it works good. And everyone copied with their own bad-tasting mouthwash, except for a company called Scope. Uh, and they came in and they said, all right, we're not going to taste bad. I mean, that's Maybe, you know, that puts you at a disadvantage, right? People might not think it works well. Well, but they said, it's okay. We're the good-tasting mouthwash. And they said, you know, you don't want to have medicine breath, <laughs> uh, you know, talking about their competition. So, you know, understanding, you know, how, um, you know, what your position is and, and how that can afford some advantage. Or you can state your position of, of being the leader in a category. Particularly, I think, um, you know, in business-to-business, business, uh, nothing sells better than being the leader, you know. So the old joke was, you know, nobody got fired for buying from IBM. People feel more confident when they're buying from the leader or for a specialist that they're going to do a better job for them. Um, so, you know, a simple, um, you know, being the, the leader in, in, in something is going to go a long way. That's, boy, that is like a ton of information. There. Yeah. Um, well, we've it, written a few books, it, so yeah. I've got a lot of, uh, you know, stories. I know, yeah. you've got a lot. So, so um, accounts are very practical. So if you could, um, before we wrap up here, would you just give us three things, three tangible things that a boutique CPA firm could do in order to actually start in their branding and positioning? Sure. Um, the, the first thing they, they should do is, is, is set aside a day to, to focus on this. Um, you know, way too often, uh, small businesses, um, you know, and entrepreneurs, are, you're focused on getting getting stuff done, um, and they, they forget about um, the importance of building the brand and, and the communication strategy and, and the marketing side. So really, take a day, get out of uh, your office, away from your phones, um, you know, hire a consultant, or, you know, even, you know, you might, I'm sure you must have a friend that's in marketing and branding. It's having a 
third set of, or a fresh set of eyes on you and your situation who can look at it openly and honestly is really helpful. So, you know, have, you know, some of your key people have um, this fresh set of eyes that has, you know, marketing and branding expertise and, and have a day where you sit down and you honestly look at your brand and how you can, it's, it's important that you don't have a lot of time to communicate. <laughs> You've got right. to, it's the oversimplified message. We have to oversimplify. Part of that is by narrowing the focus and, and standing for something and then oversimplifying the message. Um, it takes a lot of work to do that, but I think, you know, again, if you have your expertise on you know what you're good at, you know what your competitors are out there doing and saying, and then, you know, you have someone who's a fresh set of eyes on this who can say, okay, I will get that in 30 seconds. Um, you know, that visual connects with me. That name connects with me. Um, you know, you're too close to it many times. You've got to have some outside people to help and support you on that. Um, and, you know, that's where, you know, coming together, um, you know, works really well um, for a company. You can't do it um, necessarily all yourself. Um, so, you know, take that day, spend that time, um, you know, investigate the competition, um, you know, read some books about, you know, ours are great, there's lots out there, but, you know, I think ours have a really simple approach in terms of, you know, the immutable laws of branding, you know, positioning, visual hammer um, that will, you know, give you sort of a set of parameters to think about and to understand how it works for other companies, you can then go ahead and apply it to your company. Um, to, so you have a narrow position, um, you know, that available in the mind. Uh, you think about, you know, what the name is um, and think about potential visuals that can reinforce that name and that position. This is fantastic, Laura. So, oh, and one last thing. Yes. In today's world, you've got to make sure that that URL is available. Uh, GoDaddy <laughs> is our friend in every yes. meeting. <laughs> Uh, because I'm, I'm sure, you know, with a CPA like every other firm, people have got to find you. Yep. <laughs> so make sure um, that you can get a URL that's available and not too expensive um, and that, you know, people can spell it and find you. No, that, that's awesome. So where can we find you? Yeah, well, we, you can find me at Reese.com, and that's R-I-E-S. Dot com and all of our books are on Amazon. You can see a list of the books and links to Amazon on our, our website, as well as some general information about the positioning principles we've talked about today, about how to narrow the focus, think about the category, think about the visual, um, and get you started on your way to building a successful brand. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Laura, so much. Thanks for uh, really making it simple and clear, because we're pretty simple-minded people. Um, CPAs and, and you know and and for letting us know that even a left brain person you think and even a left brain person can do this. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and left brain people are important, and I think they actually they appreciate um, you know when something is simple and it is clear. Um, and so, you know, that's a great thing. A lawyer will talk your ear off forever, and you might not ever remember what they said. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. We we do tend to be succinct. So so thank you, Laura. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, remember, it's really about knowing who you are, knowing your market, and then making yourself different. And when you do that, you're always going to have better clients, a better practice, and a better life. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the WealthAbility for CPA show. Better clients, better practice, better life. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.